You are listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast. If you are an Indian living abroad, feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential, this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories. This is your host Ehsan Ali, a long-time IT professional living in Sydney, Australia, who has made it his mission to find and unpack these stories, the strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring Indian expats to help you and I reach our full potential. This week's episode is special and a bit different. We have a guest who's not an Indian expat. Today we have Karen Tisdale, a LinkedIn expert from Sydney, Australia. Karen started her career in recruitment and for over 13 years she has honed her skills as a LinkedIn profile writer and LinkedIn trainer. So let's talk to Karen and understand how best how to best utilize LinkedIn as a professional. Hi Karen, welcome to Empowering Indian Expats podcast. Hi, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you to you and I was looking forward to this conversation for a while now. Just to give a quick background about my podcast, I interview it's I'm an Indian expat and I interview Indian expats who have either done uniquely well in their career or they have transitioned into entrepreneurship because these two were my needs and that's how I started this podcast. This podcast episode is very very unique because you're not definitely not an Indian expat but the thought process running in my mind Karen was LinkedIn is the most useful real estate on internet today and you are an expert on LinkedIn you have been running your business for over 13 years you are on LinkedIn for over 18 years i guess you know much more than most of us so any valuable insight that we could get on this podcast and share with my audience is what my purpose for bringing you here on this conversation is today i'm so honored to be the first person who's not an indian expat i know or or not in india i think you you interviewed panita yeah um, panita I and mean, yeah, it, it was the same yeah. but, but i'm the first non indian on your podcast so yes. thank you we're celebrating diversity here aren't we thank excited you. So what we will do Karen is I was thinking we'll do three segments so each of 10 12 minutes first segment is about getting to know you your story of where you started and how did you become a linkedin expert you are a linkedin profile writer and i've seen some of the comments people have given you've got over 100 recommendations on linkedin which is crazy so yeah that's your story and then second part is about i want to get into your mind i want to get into the backstage when you pick up a profile how do you go about you know taking it from an average to extraordinary you know so those elements i want to get insights of and finally i have a lot of questions being a senior professional and a small business owner so i'll throw some of those questions to get your you know a response which would be much more credible than me looking into google and trying to find those answers thank you so much and also linkedin changes quite a lot so ah, when, it keeps changing you're right yes so when you google things how do i do this you don't always know if you've got the latest information true. so very true very true so let's start with who karen is and how did she become a linkedin profile writer and linkedin expert thank you so those are two separate questions they may sound like they're one and the same but i do see them as being different how i became a linkedin expert is because i've always been a fan of linkedin i was a really early adopter of using linkedin way back when i was in recruitment i know a lot of your clients your coaching clients are often in the it sector aren't yeah. they 
and I was actually recruiting IT people for Chandler McLeod and we started using LinkedIn to headhunt for talent. And I just realized that people have got really great profiles, the ones who, and, and who know a lot of people that you know, they're the ones you trust the most and they're True. the ones who get the roles. So I was quite sold on the idea of, of LinkedIn really early on. I started my own business in 2011 and, oh, sorry, going back 2009, started my own business writing LinkedIn profiles. I was also writing a few resumes at the time, but have long since dropped the resume side and I just focus on LinkedIn now. Uh, so in, in 2009, when you were writing LinkedIn uh, profile, was it more of they wanted resume or they people were really conscious about their LinkedIn profile in 2009? LinkedIn was very much your resume online and it yeah. has changed since then, you know, True. and it's, Panita in your episode 17 said, you know, it is a lot more conversational and you do really need to show your values. So for any of our listeners who haven't listened to that episode, I do recommend you go back and, and listen to episode 17 because Panita's got a lot of really great, you know, ideas around making sure that you are capturing the right keywords. Yeah. Over time, LinkedIn has evolved into being not just a place that you get jobs, but a place that you manage your stakeholder relationships. So in the context of IT, we have to think, you know, who are our software vendors? Who are our relationships with? Who are our stakeholders? Who are our peers? Who are our employees? Who are our staff? And you can manage up across and sideways just by putting out content on LinkedIn, by having conversations on LinkedIn. So making sure that you're connecting with the right people. So my, you know, I've done some amazing work from, that's where I got the 2011 muddled up from sort of 2011, 2012, started doing a little bit of LinkedIn training, really took off in 2014. So I 14. do profile writing and I do LinkedIn training. Yeah. And the training I've done has been for BE, Telstra, you know, Dicadata, some of the biggest IT um, providers we've got here in Australia. So it's, yeah. uh, it's been an amazing journey and I feel very lucky to be riding a wave, but I also think that there's a lot to be said for that first mover advantage, isn't it? You know, when you're one of the first people in Australia to start writing LinkedIn profiles, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, so I was so just right place, right time. Got it. So what, what's exciting about your role in LinkedIn training and LinkedIn profile writing? What I love about it is really getting to understand where people want to go and shifting their vision from talking about their past all the time to talking about what they want to do. So I remember really early in my business, sitting down with a gentleman who said, you know, I've got a secret to tell you. And I haven't told anybody. I haven't even told my wife. And I was like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> it's making me feel a bit uncomfortable. And he said, I hate the industry. I mean, and I'm looking mm. at his LinkedIn profile and I'm like, you know, you're in financial services or financial banking, you know, and every, mm. everything mm. you're doing, you're talking about banking all the time. If you don't want to do it anymore, stop talking about it. So I really, you know, I love sort of shifting people to where they want to go. And I think it's so important to have their vision. It's also so important to write your profile and think about your messaging from the perspective of your, of your audience. So a lot of people think that their profile is all about them. Me, 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 me. People actually don't want to hear about you. They want to hear about the problems you solve. So, you know, as the famous writer David Ogilvy said, you know, 
it's not about talking about your fire extinguisher and all the technical benefits of your fire extinguisher. It's about talking about the fire. What okay. are the problems you really, you know, are an expert in solving? What's your, I think you would use the expression unique selling points. What are your unique selling points? What makes you special? And just yeah. sort of dial them up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fantastic. I also remember you have a background in recruitment, Karen, and was that any way contributing to what you do today or? Hugely, hugely, because when you're in recruitment, you know, you really are at the interface between somebody who wants a job and the clients and what they want, you know? So clients come to you with a list of, you know, I want somebody who's got all of these qualities and candidates come to you with a list of, I want all of this. And you've really got to try and marry the two. So I think I've developed, you know, I've been in recruitment now since the 1990s. Yeah, I am that old. <laughs> so, you know, so I've been in recruitment since, you know, the early 1990s and being in recruitment for so long, I've just got decades of experience of, being able to look at somebody from their perspective of how they want to be seen, what they used to do in the past, what they want to do in the future, and what, what their audience cares about. So it's about holding multiple perspectives in mind. And I do that by thinking of a Venn diagram, you know, overlapping circle. Mm, yeah? Mm, yeah. Where's that sweet spot? Yeah, no, I got it. No, it's very interesting. So now I can connect the dot. I know a bit more about you now, Karen. So being in recruitment, you have already helped so many people get in the right job. And you are you look like somebody who's heart driven. So you basically look at individuals, what's the aspiration? And then what are the companies that will match their aspiration? And accordingly, you guide them. And now when early days, LinkedIn was just resume, as you said, it was a stale. Today, it's, it's very dynamic. So it's not just about having content, uh, your stale resume. It's also about how are you building relationship? How are you, be, are you connecting with peers up, down, cross, whatever you said, potential client, potential employer, all of those things are happening on LinkedIn. So the early days of LinkedIn, whatever you did was pretty much a resume. But now it's more of creating a vision of as an, as an individual's vision. You know, this is what I've done. This is where I'm going. This is the kind of people I want to work with. Something like that comes out, is it? Yes. And what's your plan A and plan B? You know, I'm working with a client at the moment and she runs her own business. So for her, it's just about getting clients. That's all she cared mm. about. Mm. But when we're talking, she, you know, she's telling me that she's been on a board recently, a really significant keyboard that has got a lot of visibility in Australia. And she held that board role for seven years. And I'm mm. like, do you like other board roles? And she's like, oh, yes, in the future when I retire, you know, but I mean, that's quite a way off. And I'm like, okay, we can start addressing that now, no, making okay. sure that we've got the right keywords. So when you say heart driven, it is about looking at the whole person. But where I cringe at the words heart driven a little bit is because my ideal clients don't want to talk about their, their values and their emotions all over their profile. And, and for any of the listeners here who, who say, but you know, my values are so important. That's, that's what I want to have all over my profile. It's really great that you've got strong values. It's important that you know what your values are. But people care about the problems you solve and they care about their pain. So it, it comes back to that sort of fire extinguisher and fire metaphor. It really is, is very much about what are the problems you solve and whether you're a business owner who wants more clients or whether you're a job seeker who's looking for that next big role, 
there's always a pain. If there's no pain, there's no job vacancy, right? Very true, very true, very true. So let's get into a structured process of how you look at a profile. So that's the second part of this conversation where you being an expert, you've been doing it for so long, guessing you have a you have a structured thought, you may be creative in doing it, but you still have a structured thought. When you look at a profile, what do you do first? What do you do next? What do you look for? What kind of questions you ask the client? So in 10 minutes, you got to share with me 13 years of experience and how you go about enhancing a profile. I could talk you through the process that I do, you know, that yeah. we start with an initial out two hour conversation where I go through their work history and I question what their pivotal decisions are like why did you decide to become an engineer and not a you know not a an accountant why did you decide to become this and not that and who was making that decision why is that why is that important Karen it's important because I want to see what lights them up and you can tell in their voice when they're excited about something uh, right. you know now I've heard you say on a podcast before and I just, I was like, gosh, yes, I found that to be true. It was such a great light bulb moment for me. We said a lot of people that you know that you had grown up with, they become an engineer or a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer because that's what they've been told to do. It's what their parents expect of them. It's what their society expects of them. Yep. And I think, you know, people are just not happy to settle for that anymore. So I really want to understand what is it people want to do? What is it that people want to move towards? Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. And I, I really like when you said you are watching, you're observing the individual, their face lights up, <laughs> then they're talking something that really means something to them. And those are the points that you pick up. Oh, got it. What next? <clears throat> Absolutely. So it is all about making sure that I know where it is they want to go and what their strengths are. And I do check that by asking all of my clients to complete a Clifton Gallup Strengths exercise. Yep. So a Clifton Gallup Strengths exercise, you can just do a really cheap one, just a $35 course, and it gives you a really great insight into what your strengths are. And that really helps me to know what I need to dial up in the profile because so often people get stuck between that's what I've always done, that's what I should always do. This is what people want to hear. You know, and the pressure of society and our parents and our peers, you know, oh, son, you should be an engineer, you know, it would be amazing, you know, and you, you get all of this sort of stuff. So it just strips all of that back and gives me great clarity when I'm writing people's profiles. So on, on Clifton Strength exercise, what do you typically see people coming up with which they didn't even know as some examples? <laughs> I had one client who was a research analyst and He's very into the detail, but he said, I, you know, I don't need to do that. You know, I, I don't want to talk about my, my values and feelings and my strengths in my profile. I just want to talk about the problems I solve. And I said, oh, yes, I, I agree with you entirely. But your profile needs to sound like it's written by you. It needs to capture who you are. So I need to know your strengths that make you uniquely you. And we need, I need to capture that in your profile. And he said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Anyway, he did the report. Now he's like, oh, I love the report. He said, I've gotten 12 of my staff members to do that. And it's like, you know, amazing. So it just gives people really great insights. I've also had a couple of clients who've done them, done a Gallup Clifton Strengths, and they've said, you know, look, I've already got one, but it's about five, seven years old. I'll do another one. And it's been interesting to see subtle shifts in 
behavior. Absolutely. I had one person, a woman, an Indian woman, actually, and she was going through quite a hard time at work. And so I did her LinkedIn profile to look at attracting new roles to her. And she's really going through a bit of an identity crisis following her return to work after maternity leave. And she initially went back to her old role to a quite a bullying boss and not a great situation. And she'd lost a lot of confidence. And when she did the Gallup Clifton's report, one of her qualities was empathy. So she's a hard, she's hardwired to be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. She didn't really know that about herself. She hadn't really seen that in writing. So it really helped her to go, oh my gosh, I can see now why I'm so sensitive to conflict in the workplace. And I now know that I need to develop tools and strategies to work on that because Mm, it's so innate mm. in me. So it's quite revealing. But I'm no psychologist and I'm no counsellor. I'm just there to write a LinkedIn profile and to give people coaching around improving their profile. One thing, just a, a couple of tips for your listeners that I think is really important is a lot of people think that their professional photo, their photo on LinkedIn needs to be really professional And there's often this misunderstanding that professional equals grumpy. Huh? No. (laughs) There are so many grumpy pictures on LinkedIn. And people often think that it equals grumpy or it equals sort of being really airbrushed and perfect looking. And I I think, you know, you certainly it's very inappropriate to be standing there with a beer in your hand. That would just not be okay. But You do want to look like somebody that people would want to work with. Mm. So don't be afraid of, you know, showing your character, you know. You know, those those listeners who are in cybersecurity will tell you the importance of having a headshot photo where you're showing your teeth so you're actually smiling. So it can never be copied as a passport photo or a driver's licence photo. Never have your identity stolen. So there's actually a lot of reasons, not least of which is, you know, the security issues, having a great big smile and making sure you've got eye contact you know don't, yeah, don't have sunglasses like eye, eye contact's really crucial to winning trust so i think that's really important i think it's really important to have an about section that is in the first person where you're talking about yourself like you are yourself you're not you know, you're not saying Karen did this and Karen did that, you know, because it just feels kind of... Yeah, I looked quite a, quite a lot of profile, which is in second person or third person. Oh, he did that, he did that. Why, when, when, when the best practice is first person, why people write that way? I mean, that, that I've never understood. Yes. I actually don't know how old you are, Asan, but you look, you look, you've got that a real age... Uh, Quality about you. You could like pass for like. I've told my daughter. Anybody asks, say my daddy is reaching forty, and that is going to be there for next 50, 60 years. I love that. I wish that. I wish I could keep that for the next 50, <laughs> 60 years. That would be really good for me. But it's a very old-fashioned thing. So you know, oh, way okay. back in the in the early nineties, all through, especially the mid nineties and the very early two thousands, we started seeing it petering out. But in the late 90s, there was this huge thing about talk about yourself like you're not yourself as a way of making you look more important. I see. And people will still argue with me, oh, but it does make me look more important if I talk about myself like I'm not myself. It's really hard to brag about myself. But if I say, you know, your son is an accomplished da-da-da-da-da, I'm like, you know, then I'm not bragging about myself. But people don't want to hear 
you bragging anyway. They really want to hear about, tell me what you've done. Don't tell me imprecise words about, you know, how you think you're great. Tell me about what you've actually done. Tell me what you enjoy. Tell me what you want to do. Tell me what your interests are. And lastly, tell me what your values are and give me a reason to connect. You know, I'm in the information services industry and I love this information services industry. If you're in it too, reach out and send me an invitation to connect. You know, have a call to action. I think that's really important. So Karen, so far I've understood this. You look at, you ask a lot of questions to understand people's strengths and the Gallup Clifton really helps knowing the values, the interest, likes, dislikes, etc. You recommend having a nice headshot, which is... It should not be grumpy. This is very clear. And it should be reasonably professional. You know, you don't want to have a, you know, a glass of beer in your hand and those things. Then you talked about about sex. And I want to know a bit more about how you you how you really flow the story of an individual. So the headshot you talked about. Now you're going to talk a little bit about section. How do we fill up the rest? How do we look at the background image and all of those things? What's the story that runs in your mind when you look at end to end at a profile? Absolutely. So I I write all of the experience sections. So there are some profile writers out there who'll only write your most recent experience section and your about section. However, I think it's really important to have a little bit of information under every single role and make Mm -hmm. sure that each role is connected correctly to the company. So I upload profiles for my clients. I don't just send it to them and then they upload it. I actually do all of the uploading with them so that we can make sure that they're linked correctly to the company. So if you're having a look at the profile and your profile and you're thinking, what does she mean linked correctly to the company? Just make sure you've got a company logo Mm. beside, you know, in the experience section and have a look at a few other profiles so you can see where that logo goes. I'm not talking about uploading it as media. Make sure that on the left-hand side, you've got a list of logos. If you haven't got them there, click on the edit pencil and then slowly retype the name of the company until a logo. It shows up, yeah. Yeah, and that that informs all the back end. So I'm filling in a little description for each one of those roles, and it's less words the further back you go, but there are still a few words there, and that's really important for keyword capture. If you don't have the right keywords, you don't get found. And I'm trying to create a story dialogue where the reader feels that everything that you've ever done was leading up to this moment. Mm. You know, I think that's that's really important to have. I'm also employing other LinkedIn tools like adding a featured section. You know, if you've ever won an award, an industry award, you know, organisations like, like Bayer, for instance, you know, they have really great award nomination ceremonies. So there'll be mm. pictures of people who've won an award. Great get that photo or if it's an article that's in a in a paper or something that you've contributed to or it's on your website or you know you're interviewed on this podcast you know then take that link mm. and add it as media or add it into the featured section put it in the feature section yes i think that's really important so you're giving people that 3d version of you yeah. i'm also modifying all of the skills it's amazing to me how many times you know, I'll write a LinkedIn profile for a CEO and they've got in their skills section that one of their top skills is Microsoft Word. And I'm like, really? You know, like, not okay. Right. <laughs> How about we delete that and put in their strategy? You know, so just make sure that, you know, you have got the right skills in your skills section and go through and delete them if they're just not relevant to where you're moving towards. 
So is there any skill section, separate skill section? So there's two skill sections on LinkedIn. There's a skill section at the very bottom of your profile and you can click on the edit pencil and then you can reorder them. Okay. Really important that you do delete ones that are not serving or will not serve your future self. Um, mm. If you're not too sure, you can leave them there, but just push them way to the bottom. Mm. Really important. There's also now coming out a new skills section where at the bottom of each experience section, there's a skill section. Okay. You can add skills in there as That's well. Nice. That's now, nice. Now, we don't know yet how important the skills in the experience section are in terms of increasing your relevancy ranking. So a relevancy ranking is, it's an algorithm, it's a number that determines how highly you are seen in a LinkedIn search. And it's going to differ from person to person, depending on who's looking at you. And so a relevancy ranking is how many keywords do you have? How active are you on LinkedIn? How connected are you to that person? Have you recently direct messaged each other? All of those factors all play a role in your relevancy ranking. Interesting. Um, it's largely about keywords. Largely about keywords. Very interesting. So, so far I've got half of the insight. A couple of more questions in this, sorry. <clears throat> Can you give me a couple of examples of how, how does a good about section look like? Because I've seen variety of about sections that are good. Some have story format, some have the achievements. There's very different set of about sections I've, say, I've seen and some of, I don't know what's the best way. So that the question to you is, can you give us some example of good about section? What should it have? What should it not have? Yeah. So it needs to have a hook and it needs to have a call to action. Hook and call to action. Now, a hook is your first line. And that is where you, I really love, I really love a first line that has the word you in it. Cool. Yeah, makes sense. You know, so it's not about you. It's not about about the person. It's not I, I, I. You know, it's you. absolutely destroys me is when I see I am a senior leader with 25 years experience in. Countless eye tracking studies have shown that people only read the first five to six words and if mm. they're attention is not caught, they start skimming. Mm. So you've got six words to capture people's attention. And if you're starting with the cliched, I'm a senior leader with 25 years experience in, you just look like everybody else. So start something that is a question, you know, are you, you know, are you, do you love bridge building? Me too. Ever since I was a small child, I've really been fascinated by the engineering of, you know, which is why I went into my achievements to date are XYZ project, XYZ project. You know, I really liked this. I really liked that. When I'm not building bridges, I enjoy playing golf and have a handicap of this, you know, sort of something that shows something personal. You know, if you're also interested in bridge building, reach out and send me an invitation to connect. You know, so I like that format because it has to start with the other person. And if you don't have a question or you in that first sentence, then have something that makes the reader go, yes. Because psychologically, if you can collect yeses while people are reading your profile, they're going to be more likely to be your clients or offer you a role or, or be endeared to you. You know, mm-hmm. they're more likely to like you if they've got yeses going in their heads. Yep. 
and and you don't want to be all things to all people you know so don't don't you don't want to please everybody you don't want to be just a jack of all trades you really want to sort of pick your pond and pick your niche and and appeal to the right people makes sense very good nice so that's so we have covered the about section there's a summary section as well. So somebody writes, for example, if I write a career coach or IT account executive, there is, the, it's quite wide now. I think it's like 200 character, 2000 character or something. It's pretty long. Can that, that's again a real estate. How do I utilize that part? That's a headline section. Headline, yeah, headline. Yeah, it's called your professional headline. Clarity trumps cleverness. So it's really important to start with what it is you do. So let people put you in a box and make sure that that box is something that is helpful to others. So if you are a job seeker, it really needs to be filled with job titles. Now, you know, you probably don't have a lot of receptionists listening to your show, but I think somebody who who sits on reception at a corporation or is a switchboard operator is a great example of, you know, how you know, there was this period where everybody was calling receptionists. You probably don't even know what a receptionist is, but years ago we used to have lots of receptionists. You know, no, you remember? I remember that. we're all working in offices, and uh, and some people would call the receptionist a director of first impressions. You know, if if that's been given your job title, don't put director of first impressions because nobody knows what it is you're talking about. Put yourself in that box. Keep it mm. simple. Mm. And keep it really clear. You know, there are now a lot of other people who write LinkedIn profiles. And yet I get a lot of work. And I think one of the reasons why I get so much work is because I have LinkedIn profile writer. You know, Mm. just Mm. keep it really simple initially and then add to it. Then add to it. So have as many ways of thinking of your job title as possible. You know, so if you're in operations, think about your operations. Think about, and and the best way of doing this actually is to have a look at job adverts. You know, what are the job adverts asking for? If all Mm. of the job adverts are asking for somebody who has got insurance industry experience and they're like, oh my gosh, my whole career has been in insurance and I want to stay in insurance, then talk about what you do. Talk about, you know, use your job title, separate it with a pipe or an emoji, like a little symbol, like a diamond or something, Mm. and then have you know, insurance industry at the end. Got it. Nice. So you covered the headline, you covered the about section, you covered the experience. You said it's important to write the right experience. And as you go down, you have to put less and less words, but you still need to put the right thing. Then you also talked about the skills. Is there any any insight on when you write the experience? <clears throat> I mean, I have a little bit of thought. <clears throat> I know we're both coughing today. Yeah, I, know, I know, and it's like really the one that don't have glass, a glass <laughs> handy. But for all of our listeners out there, you know, at, at least at least you're listening, right? When we're not face to face. I'm sorry. What was your question? I was <laughs> I was distracted <laughs> by by me fighting back and forth on you coughing. So I'm sorry. My question was on when we start writing the experience. Any insight on how to make it appropriate or appealing? Yeah, absolutely. So what I see a lot of people do in this section is they talk about what the company does. And that's just not relevant to you. So people really need to write about what their achievements are and what they've done, you know. So again, looking through those job advertisements and looking at what are the keywords that all of your job adverts are asking for and make sure that you're capturing that. If you're a business owner 
and what you're looking for as clients and you're writing all your previous experience, talk about how you've solved those problems in your previous companies, in your previous employment, because that all adds up to clients going, I can see that while they've only had their business for maybe a year or two years, I can see that they've done it in other roles as well. And as much as possible, try and make sure that everything is past tense. Past tense is really important because psychologically, it makes people aware that you've done it. Not that, you know, I could do it, I might do it, but you've actually done it. And don't use passive words like, you know, I have an ability. It was done. You know, who did it? I don't know. Ability to or responsible for. Don't tell me you're responsible for something, you know, because I'm like, well, I can see you were responsible for that, but did you do it? Mm. Big difference between being responsible for something and having an ability to doing something and actually doing it. So having very strong words in your experience section, I think is really important. Love examples like strong, delivered, managed. Yeah, and I think here in Australia, a lot of our words are, you know, it sounds like we're all on a building site. You know, it's delivered, drove, built, you know, built strong teams and drove staff engagement. You know, you really want to use those really ensured collaboration by, mitigated risk by, you know, so really starting with a describing word, sorry, starting with a verb, a doing word, making sure that it's past tense, mitigated risk. Oh, that's what I need. I need somebody who can mitigate risk, you know, resolved issues across da, 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 da. So really sort of strong, active words, I think are really important. And short sentences. Short sentences. Yeah, short sentences in the about, in your experience section are really important. You want your sentences in your about section i know i'm getting a bit nerdy on the writing here but in the about section you want to mix it up between short sentences and long sentences and you want to have a little bit of white space in there you don't you certainly don't want to have a block of text because nobody will read it in your experience section you want to have shorter sentences because your sentences there are competing with a lot of other things for attention so you want them to be very easy to digest and also some thinking should go in terms of keywords as well yes absolutely so again again you know i think there's you know if you're a job seeker nothing is more effective than cutting and pasting a whole load of your favorite job adverts of roles that you really want doesn't matter if they're local doesn't matter if they're current just copy and paste your dream jobs not what could i do if i really had to but this is what i really want to do copy and paste those job adverts into a single Microsoft Word document and then upload them to a word cloud. You know, what are all the key words that are in my job adverts? You know, you can use technology or word cloud to, to do that. So you can go, oh my gosh, you know, I, I sat there again with the CEO and I've had a look at his, he was an overachiever. I said, I'd like to have about seven job adverts and he turned up with about 17 job adverts. And I said, you haven't got the words strategy anywhere in your resume you know and in your job efforts like 50 times and he's like oh i've revolutionized the australian and asia pack actually supermarkets the way they're laid out the reason why you have soft drinks by the counter that was my idea i created that i bought that to asia i designed that very strategic gentleman top of this game didn't have the word strategy or strategic anywhere in his resume and i demonstrated it by doing control f so you can <laughs> keyword search. You can go, what do I feel are the keywords? Control F, 
Are th- where are they in my job adverts? Have I got them in my LinkedIn profile? That's awesome, Karen. That was really insightful. I, I reimagined my whole profile just now with everything that you shared. Anything else you look at when you enhance somebody's profile? Once you answer, I will have some specific questions that I will. I think it's important to have that background banner. And again, the background banner should never be a picture of the beach. Just as, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how many times I, I say that and I, I have people in the room look a bit embarrassed going, oh, okay, that's what I've got. <laughs> you know, don't give me a picture of the beach or a picture of your kids or something, you know. It needs to be how I would picture you at work. You know? And when I say at work, that may be working from home. It may be a picture of a busy desk. You know, if your interest is is automation and, and software or innovation or medical products, you know, show me images of, of what it is you're interested in. You know, I really want to see you're professionally interested in. I really want to see if you're a bridge designer, you know, have a whole load bridge. of bridge in your background. You know, make sure that it's contextually important to what it is you do. It is a visual representation of what you do. And with your profile photo, you could also think about putting a, a frame around it, a little ring around it, which yeah. you do in Canva. Yeah. And you can also, on the mobile phone app only, you can click on your profile photo and you'll see that you've got a little plus button there. Yeah. And if you click on that plus, you can record a 29 second video of you yeah. speaking and you can upload that to LinkedIn via your mobile only so that people can actually see you speaking. So you're really demonstrating your communication skills. And what's a good practice in terms of what you talk about? So somebody is in job and not looking for a job or somebody is running a business, not really wanting to promote like this is what I am looking for. Just a general statement somebody wants to write. Or in any way, what are the best practices in that 29-second video? Absolutely. So talk about what you do now and, you know, what you like about it and talk about what you've done in the past, you know. So, you know, I'm currently a, you know, civil project. I'm currently a project manager running IT project. I am really enjoying the organization that I'm with because I really appreciate that you know, XYZ. Before working here, I did this and this. I really like LinkedIn and I really like connecting with other people who share my passion for project management in the IT industry. So if you are listening to this, please do reach out, send me an invitation to connect. Thanks for watching. Nice. You know, it can be as short as that. Yeah. And that's nice. I, I see a lot of different types of videos. One is straight away talking to their potential clients. I'm not sure how powerful that comes out. But what you just shared is talking about who you are, what you have done, and the kind of people you want to connect. That's very friendly and very inviting. Yes, you want to use the word enjoy and like. You know, what I like is this and, you know, yeah, absolutely. Keep it friendly. Keep it light. I think too many people use a very formal tone on LinkedIn and that's not very endearing. You really want to use No stubborn face on picture and no too much of formal language in that window. So that's pretty nice. So you've covered the banner to the, the intro video to headline, the about section, then the whole detail. Is there anything else, project detail, is there anything else you look at? I do look at recommendations. I suppose that's because I've got over 120 myself. So I am always interested in has the person, you know, especially if they've got a big network, if they've got a big network, how highly are they regarded by that network? Do they have 
recent strong recommendations. And a lot of people don't have them because they just haven't known how to ask. Mm. And so that's sort of something else that I'm also always coaching my clients on. Recommend them to go ask for recommendation. Yeah, asking for recommendation. And again, you know, keeping it really light because the people who you want to get recommendations for are from, sorry, are often the people who least want to write you recommendations because they don't want you to leave your job. So (laughs) every time your boss or your colleagues or one of your stakeholders says, oh, my gosh, that was such a great job, you say with a smile and a wink, they could write me a recommendation if you like. Keep it really light. And they'll say, are you looking for a job? And you'll say, no, I am not looking for a job. Everybody's looking at us on LinkedIn. You know, when you look good, the company looks good. Company looks good. You look good. It it grows the brand footprint. Everybody wins. It's about developing your personal brand on LinkedIn, something that you own. And and it makes the company look good as well. So Mm. everybody's checking out everybody on LinkedIn. So getting in a habit of asking Asking, every time somebody goes, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Write me a recommendation if you like. Smile and a mm. wink. Just low pressure. Just put it out there. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. That's that's right. Karen, is there any way we can move the recommendation up? Because it's like deep end somewhere down the line. You need to really scroll and scroll and scroll before you see somebody's recommendation. Yes, there is. There is a way you can move them up, but it's not what I've done. It's you could do it though. So if you have creator mode set, which is not something I would recommend to people who have small networks. And it's not something I would recommend to people unless they have a habit of regularly looking at who's followed them and sending them invites to connect and who's looked at their profile and sending them invites to connect. So if you're not going to be that proactive, don't switch on creator mode. If you've switched on creator mode, you will soon have an ability to add a website website link at the top of your profile you'll see mine on my profile i think mine says linkedin profile writing services and you can click on that i'll take you straight through the website so kevin d turner just to give a shout out to kevin d turner he's a a linkedin profile writer trainer optimizer i think he calls himself linkedin profile optimizer and his is really great so what he's got like 190 odd recommendations 193 so he's put a link to his recommendations in that website link how clever is that in the website link yes yeah in the website link so you but you can only do that if you've got creator mode okay give me turner i'll check that out yeah yeah, so some of your listeners will be thinking what is she talking about and if you don't have a big network or you're not going to be proactive in reaching out to somebody it's not something don't worry about it to do yeah and they're at the bottom of your profile um but people do look at them they're also really important i mean i copy and paste my recommendations a select number of recommendation I don't put 120 of them I just copy and paste a couple of those into a proposal if I've got a a training proposal out with a a really big large company you know if I'm hoping that Cisco will pay me again to do some LinkedIn training I'm Mm. copying and pasting a couple of the recommendations that I've got from Telstra and and HPE and saying oh look what I've done here other organizations like yours this is what others have said about me and I'm copying and pasting that with a picture of the person so they can go, oh my gosh, I know that person. Mm. You know, so you can quote 
and copy and paste some of your recommendations in your cover letters, you know, in your sales proposals, on your website, you know, all sorts of different places. So they do have a lot of uses. Interesting. Um, and it will, even though they sit at the very bottom of your LinkedIn profile, they, it's very easy to repurpose them a lot of other places. Yeah, no, I really like that idea of repurposing. That's very nice. That's, I think I've, I've asked a lot of questions from my third segment where I wanted to ask this question. So we'll continue in the, it's kind of second and third going together. Is there anything else in your mind before I ask you straight questions that um, you do with the profile? I think we've covered so much. I think okay, I so a couple of quick questions. One is on, um, I'm, I'm big on, I was not big on, but now I realize whatever I do, I have to be associated with people in the industry that I want to be part of or I'm part of. So there are associations, uh, say somebody is into project management, so they can be associated with PMI. How important it is from the, when somebody is a professional, from, let's look at professional first, how important it is to have those professional associations shown on LinkedIn? I think it is important to have it shown on LinkedIn and to be commenting on content that is from that association just because it helps build that feeling of familiarity. I'm familiarity. in that association, you know, so you feel like one of my sort of things. So I, I think it is important, but it also does depend on the industry you're in. Yeah. You know, I've had the CDAA, the Career Development Association Australia. Um, they haven't actually asked me now for about five or six years since I, I was probably a bit rude to them because they kept saying to me, you know, come and pay us thousands of dollars to belong to our membership. And I'm like, and why would I want to be talking to other people who write LinkedIn yeah. profiles for job seekers? Like, how is that going to benefit me? Like, yeah. I, I want to be where my clients are. True. You know, I want to be paying a fortune to you. So I, so I think it very much depends on the industry you're in. But I, and whether you are an independent consultant and a job owner, business owner like I am, and whether you can sort of get value from that. If you're an employee, there's tremendous value in providing yourself with a network of people who are in your industry. And I would argue actually that, you know, content is, is not as important as Gary V and everybody else is going on about. And, and I do love your episode 17. I think it's a fantastic episode. But I just think that the most important thing is actually the people we connect with. It's mm -hmm. really important to have, to be selective but open-minded mm -hmm. in connecting with as many people as you can in your industry and association bodies are absolutely key to that. And don't be shy. Don't think that the people who run the association industries or who are chairperson or, you know, big, big, big famous speakers that you've seen on stage at, at some association industry event, don't think that they're not human. They're going to be absolutely thrilled if you reach out and say, I saw you speak on this event. You know, could could we please connect here? I, I really enjoyed your insights on XYZ. People mm. love that, you know, mm. and suddenly you can be connected with amazing people. Mm. That brings me to the next question. So the way you explain to it, one is having a membership or association with industry body. And second is, how do you really utilize it? So one message you are giving to the world that I'm part of this community, which means I'm one of them. And that's one message. Second is, I actually 
connect with those people. And one of the ways you mentioned connecting is when somebody posts valuable con content on LinkedIn, you comment to it, you know, you like it, comment it. So you are emphasizing the point that you really mean it. You are part of that association and you are commenting on somebody who's writing something credible. So your value also goes up and that's how you continue to grow your network. So it's not just about having the name that I'm part of this association. How are you utilizing it? How are you utilizing it? You know, there's no point in paying for a membership and not being proactive yeah. in reaching out to people to the point where if you participate or have been participating in the last few years in sort of online networking meetings, making sure that you're taking screenshots of the attendee, you know, and, and sort of, you know, if they've got their, their name underneath you know, the, the Zoom thing, you know, you're then finding them on LinkedIn and just saying, you know, we didn't actually get to speak, but I yeah. thought you also attended this event. Yeah. I wondered if you might be open to connecting. So being very proactive in once a week, every week, having a habit of looking through your diary, thinking who have I met, who have I spoken to, who have I stood beside either in real life or virtually and sending them an invite to connect and coming back to that headline piece that we spoke about earlier yeah. you know, let's not forget that in that headline you can put in there that you're a member of pmi or aipm or right you know i'm speaking at canwell's event on the 2nd of june and she runs a, a thing for project managers you know so you know you can put all of these in your headline as well you've got 220 characters and you can put your qualifications in there as well so qualification as well if that makes sense for your role yeah awesome i think we have pretty much covered karen so really really appreciate sharing your insights so freely and is there anything else i should have asked karen that could be valuable for the audience which i missed because I don't really know how much you know, so I could only ask a limited set of questions that I could think of. Oh gosh, there's so much that I could talk about on LinkedIn. You know, I mean, as a profile writer, I'm most passionate about, about having a great profile. I think it's just foundational. It's not enough to just have a great profile though. That's like wearing your best suit to an event and standing in the corner of the room all night. You really, <laughs> it really is. You really do need to get out there and start networking with people. One of my favorite things is, you know, when you are at an in-person event as we're all getting back to in-person events now, and people are very excited about meeting with people is on the mobile phone app. If you just tap in the search field, when you're on your home key, so you've got the news feed there, just tap in the home field on the mobile phone app and you'll see on the right-hand corner three little odd squares. If you just click on those three little squares in a triangle, it'll say, would you like to access your camera? It'll only ask you that the once and it will give you a QR code. Cool. And so this means that you can use a QR code to just work a room really quickly and just go connect, 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 connect. And there's none of this, sorry, what was your name? Who are you again? You know, we've been talking for half an hour, but I can't remember your name. Let's connect on LinkedIn. So, you know, making sure that you've got, you're very proactive in growing your network and then sending people direct messages on following up. So, so this QR code picks up the name, phone number, or it picks up the LinkedIn profile? It, sorry, it picks up the LinkedIn profile. Okay. So it just means that you're not, while you're at an event, you're not typing somebody's name into the search bar and going, oh, is that you? You know, you're just literally scanning each other's QR codes. Mm. 
using the mobile phone app. So Got just the search nice. button, press on enter, and then it's the top right-hand corner. Perfect. And just remember to follow up. I think there's a lot to be said for, thanks for accepting my invite. It was really great to meet you at that event. You know, it doesn't have to be a long message, but just nurturing relationships. Um, sending people podcast episodes is one of my favorite things to do, you know, so. That's nice. Yeah, so I suppose the question I wish you'd asked is, you know, how do we, once we connect with people is, what do we there and do with them? And I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, hey, I've just listened to this podcast episode and I thought you might find it helpful too. And just click on the link and drop it in a message to people because podcast episodes are better than I've seen an article and I think it might interest you because you've actually listened to it. It's on topic. It feels, and I'll often send it to people and say, I've just listened to this podcast podcast episode I think you'd really like it especially at around 23 minutes where a mm. sad says da 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 you know mm. and people go oh my gosh like that's wow thanks Karen mm. yeah so that's I think nice. that could be a really nice way of warming up relationships with people that you may never get to meet in real life no that makes sense so you extended your LinkedIn profile writer image beyond saying it's yeah you know you can wear the best suit but if you're standing in the corner in the room that doesn't really help so once you have it it's all about putting yourself out networking and today it's it's easier than before networking so earlier it was like oh i send the message will he or she respond or not doesn't matter if somebody responds great if it doesn't respond great you know there's nothing to feel bad about it but you got to keep doing as you rightly said on weekly basis think through it, whom did you connect to, whom do you want to connect to, and just con as a habit, do a little bit of every week. And over a period of time, you would have the right and wide and right network. And then you look for business opportunity or look for the next role, it would be very valuable. Yes, what's that saying? A, a year from today, you'll wish you'd started now. You know, it's just little steps, little yeah. steps, little and often yeah. take yeah. you a huge distance. Fantastic. No, lovely. Really nice, Karen. You give so much of insight. Finally, I would like to know if there are any online resources uh, that you'd like to refer to. It could be on your own LinkedIn or website, or it could be somewhere else. Anything that you think will, will be helpful for the audience. My website's actually a bit of a ghost. <laughs> okay. It really is. I need to post some more blogs on there. And I, I haven't been very active with content myself on LinkedIn recently, being so busy. But I do have a lot of free resources. So, you know, if everybody can find me on LinkedIn and if they would like some how to write their about section, or if you just want to, you know, what are the top 10 parts of LinkedIn that I need to pay attention to? I've got a an actual resource that I can message you. So just find me on LinkedIn, Karen Tisdell, yeah. and that's T-I-S-D-E-L-L, -L, Tisdell, and, you know, drop me a note. Yeah, and I'll put it in the show notes as well, your LinkedIn profile again. And that's the best way for somebody to reach you, is it the LinkedIn, LinkedIn connection? Absolutely. On my website, I do also have a contact info page. Okay. Um, so you can sort of contact me via there, but yeah, but LinkedIn's fantastic, you know, and then we can sort of connect and, I can also, it means that if I'm not the right person for you or if you need another resource, you know, I, you know, I, I think I'm coming up now to 20,000 followers. So I, I know 
I'll be calling about 5,000 of them soon because it's not about quantity, it's about quality. I will be calling sort of some of the some of my connections, but not without telling them first. I'll be reaching out saying, yeah, what do you think? But yeah, I, I just, yeah, I've got so many free resources so people can find That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for coming on to Empowering in the Next Podcast, podcast and sharing your wisdom. Uh, I couldn't have you know, covered this much if I wanted to. So it, it was really, really valuable. And I'm reimagining my own profile with everything that you shared. And you'll see some changes for sure. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast with your host, Ehsan Ali. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Karen and learned heaps about LinkedIn. She went through the whole process of how she takes an ordinary profile and makes it stand out. She talked about each section on LinkedIn and how we can make the best use of each of them. I would love to hear from you what was your key learning that you would want to implement right away. And if you are someone at a career crossroad or feeling stuck in a, in a career or keen to transition into entrepreneurship, do connect with me on LinkedIn. I may be able to help you myself or will connect you with someone who has already been on the journey you are contemplating right now.